Today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. We've got updates on a couple of angels and a bit of a deep dive on a Brewers pitcher. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. Got ahead of me on uh, my my caffeine question, so glad glad to know that there's been uh, some caffeination in your life. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy in 15 on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, March 26th. Al Melker here with Michael Beller. And we're going to start with a couple of news items involving a couple of angels. And I know one of these, um, Michael, I thought of you instantly because you've talked oh, about this player on the show you, a number of times. I feel the yeah. love. It's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So uh, I don't, you know, I don't uh, create the news. I'm, I'm just relaying it. And, uh, you know, and you can uh, help us with uh, breaking this down. Griffin Canning, I know a favorite of yours uh, during draft season. Uh, he may start throwing as soon as uh, roughly about a week from now. That, according to Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register. So, of course, he's uh, coming back with the uh, UCL issue. Not a tear, but, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, still an injury to that ligament. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking about this just uh, shortly before we started recording. And, you know, you made the comment, rightfully so, that uh, at the time where most of us were drafting, people were avoiding Griffin Canning. And he has an ADP of 296. So, Nobody was really touching him in 12-team leagues. And, you know, now with this news, um, you know, somebody who could certainly make a good impact uh, for the season when it starts. I think we need to totally recalibrate what we uh, thought of Griffin Canning when we were in between the period of him suffering the elbow injury and the delay to Major League Baseball arriving. And now we're looking at a guy who we go back to the drawing board and feels like a guy who really does have breakout potential, Al. Um, You know, I almost kind of like the sixth rotation man in LA for him because uh, it's going to let him uh, ease into the rotation. We're not going to put too much of a strain on him. He can go out and throw five innings and feel like that's a successful outing given his age and given the injury. So I like this for him. I think that it keeps him performing at a high level across the shortened season. We know Joe Madden from his time in Tampa and Chicago is someone who is creative with the way he uses his roster, who is not afraid to skip a guy once in the rotation, not afraid to use all the pieces that he has uh, and make the most out of the 26 guys that he has there. So I think he's got the right manager leading the way for him too. For me, Al, as long as we um, go forward and there's no setbacks for him and he is ready to go whenever opening day is, I personally am going to be treating him as a top 40 starting pitcher because of the stuff. I know you're not going to have to pay that price, but that's how highly I think of this guy. I think the strikeouts could just be massive for him this year. Wow. Well, um, you know, I was going to say that we, you know, we will certainly get to recalibrating him and, and you, you just went right in there and uh, put him in the top 40. So that obviously, you know, really outstrips the uh, ADP that he's had up to this point. And 
you know, the other question I had, you've already addressed, which is whether or not the Angels having a six-pitcher uh, rotation is something that concerns you. Uh, clearly, it, it doesn't. The fact that he didn't typically go deep into starts last season, is that something you think that's not going to occur this season? I mean, I think it might. Um, but again, you know, you and I, have to, I've brought this up a number of times with you, Al. I think that we need to uh, shy away from treating young players as finished products. Um, very few guys enter the league as Canning's teammate Mike Trout or, or as Juan Soto. Just boom, right away, I'm a stud, deal with it. Right? I mean, most guys need a little bit of time, need a little bit of seasoning at the major league level before they become uh, what their projections were when they were in the minors. We saw a great example of this last year in Lucas Giolito. It, it just takes some guys some time. So, I, I mean, could it be part of Canning's uh, season this year, especially with the fact that he comes in with the injury with a, a six-man rotation? Of course, I, I think it probably will be, but I don't think that that necessarily takes too much away from his fantasy value because I think on a per-inning basis – based on his stuff, that this is someone we should still be very excited about coming into this year. I think we're talking about Griffin Canning as one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball a couple of years from now. Wow. Well, and you're putting him in the top 40, so he's not far, maybe right now, uh, as, as, uh, you're, as you're viewing it. And we've got an update on his teammate, Shoei Otani. This one really, you know, not surprising, but it's a good sort of reminder for us to have that uh, he is uh, pretty much on track to be a two-way player right away whenever the season starts. And that comes to us from the Athletics' Fabian Ardaya. And the reason why I say this shouldn't be a surprise is because uh, before the season was delayed, we were expecting that Otani would be ready to pitch as well as hit by the middle of May. So basically just saying that he's, you know, on track. He's been throwing from flat ground may uh, be doing a mound session fairly soon. So all pretty good developments there for uh, for Shohei Otani. Uh, he is being drafted, as you would expect, considerably earlier than uh, Canning is. Uh, his Fantasy Pros ADP uh, is, uh, as of this recording, 129. That seems to be a catch-all uh, ADP, by the way, not separating out him as a, a hitter or pitcher. But um, where do you see Otani now? Because he was being drafted as a top 40 starter. Do you think that uh, with the shortened season and him staying on track as he is, that that uh, elevates him considerably higher than that? I don't think it elevates him higher than that. And I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that they really need to get the most out of his bat that they can. Um, Otani could you know, pitch the lights out. Otani could turn into Randy Johnson, and he's still only going to make one start a week for this team. Um, what's going to be interesting, uh, and a lot of this that we're talking about is still just a theory until the dust settles, is going to be how MLB and the Players Association comes together on an agreement for what the the shape of the season is going to look like. Um, you know, we're, we could, we're still in a position where we're not really sure how many games are going to be played, how many doubleheaders teams are going to have, what the roster requirements or parameters are going to be, if teams are going to be allowed to carry some extra players to beat back against what's going to be a ceaseless tide of games. I mean, it's going to be um, something that we really are going to have to or not be able to, excuse me, fully evaluate until we know what that looks like. So for Otani, I think we still have to be just making, expecting that he's going to be a one game a week pitcher. 
And so there is going to be a little bit of a restriction on his pitching value because of uh, the volume that just isn't going to be there relative to other pitchers. Now, I think he is a great pitcher, a guy who uh, obviously the stuff speaks for itself, even though we haven't seen it since the 2018 season. Uh, so I do think that, again, like I've talked about with Canning, a per inning basis, I think he's going to be excellent. But I think because of the way that this Angels roster shakes out and because they need Otani's bat in the lineup as much as they can get it, the shortened season, I think he's one of the few guys who's really hurt by it relative to his other players because he was already going to be hurting for volume. And now that it's exacerbated by the fact that we're only going to get most likely, uh, you know, maybe a maximum, an absolute maximum. And this is, again, just my speculation of maybe 120 games. And even that feels a little bit ambitious at this point. I would think so. I, I would uh, certainly expect. Mm. I'm talking to, I'm, that would need that would need like scheduled double headers to be <laughs> right. happening regularly. And so I, I, all things are in play right now. And that is uh, that is the absolute maximum, and it's very unlikely yeah. to happen. So the volume starts to come into a question when you're talking about Otani as a pitcher. Yep, and uh, you're hinting at several uh, features of the schedule, potential features of the schedule uh, that are discussed in our featured read of the day. So I'll get you primed for that, get you excited for that. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, um, you know, Michael, you've set up some player pairings for us to talk about. We're going to continue with that series today. And since we have a news item on Shohei Otani, let's just go ahead and take on the pairing that you've set up with Shohei Otani and Corbin Burns. And this is a fun pairing. And so, you know, we've already talked about Otani a bit. As you mentioned, we haven't seen him pitch since 2018. Sort of, uh, it, it jolted me a bit to see, looking at his stat line, that he only made 10 starts in 2018. But uh, the results were hard to argue with. He had a 3.31 ERA, a 29.9% strikeout rate. Uh, last season, of course, um, serving as the DH for the Angels and had put up a 286, 343, 505 slash line. That really shrank in the second half. He only had four home runs after the All-Star break. Did steal 12 bases last year, so even with the slump, uh, excellent overall and across-the-board production from Otani. Now, I want to make some ADP comps with him with some other starting pitchers. Uh, Max Fried, Hunjin Ryu, and Jesus Lazardo are all a little bit ahead of him, that is, going a little bit earlier in drafts than Otani. Given the development that we just talked about, do you move him ahead of any one of that trio, Freed, Ryu, Luzaro, or do you think he actually lags further behind? You know, I think that's fair um, for for where Otani should go. And this obviously, we're talking about a league that treats him differently, pitcher and hitter, and not one where you're where you're drafting one player, Shohei Otani. Um, if you're just looking at him as a pitcher, I think that that's a fair spot for him. I would maybe inch him ahead of Ryu. Uh, that's just me personally because of uh, what I believe to be Otani's strikeout ceiling this year. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't argue with someone who had him behind all three of those guys. I definitely wouldn't ha- have him ahead of Max Freed. I don't think I'd have him ahead of Jesus Luzardo either, another guy who I think uh, can really break out in 2020. Uh, I think Max Freed is going to be an excellent weapon for the Braves and for fantasy owners this season. Uh, Otani's just not going to have the volume, I think, to keep up with those guys. It wouldn't surprise me if Otani had a better ERA and whip than those two guys, but I think he's just going to be hurt too much by the lack of volume relative to the innings that those two guys are going to get to be able to make up for it in a pure fantasy value basis. So I think it's fair uh, to have Otani behind all three of them. Okay, and as a hitter, now I only own Otani in one league so far, and it is as a hitter, and it's a 12-team mixed league. Do you think that's fair game for him or given the restriction that there will be on his playing time, which is not going to be dramatic, but is it enough 
to really exclude him from 12-teamers? Dude, Otani as a hitter is one of the hardest things to explain uh, his ADP uh, to me because uh, why aren't people falling all over themselves to get him? I have him in uh, my Top Wars League. Uh, You know, that's a a 15-team mixed, and I got him very late, um, and I was sort of – I felt like I almost had nowhere to nowhere to go with him because I already had um, my util spot filled up, and obviously he can only play utility uh, given that he's only been a DH. Uh, but man, I mean, look at what he did last year: two eighty six, three forty three, five hundred five. He swiped twelve bases. I mean, this guy can hit. This guy could be one of the best hitters in the majors. He was only a hitter, right? I mean, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to DH four times a week in addition to uh, throwing a start once a week. I mean, you're getting that sort of production four times a week. I mean, obviously it's not going to, there's going to be volume concerns there as well, but you know, maybe they bump him up to five days a week. Maybe he hits every day that he doesn't pitch. I know he said he could do it. I don't think Joe Madden would be afraid to put him in that role. I think the one thing that could work against him is that you do have a pretty good amount of depth on this Angels team uh, with with someone like David Fletcher, who's a very versatile piece. Uh, when, when they add Anthony Rendon, that moves Tommy LaStella over to being a full-time second baseman, but you could put you know Fletcher there um, and move LaStella around uh, you've got a lot of guys who are going to need some off days uh, with their legs. Uh, Albert Pujols, Justin Upton, chief among them. I think they'd probably like to get Mike Trout off his legs every now and again as well. Uh, but still, this is just uh, this is a guy who, if he's in there even just four days a week, with what he's shown us as a hitter in his short time in the majors, uh, Al, I, I think people should be uh, treating him as someone who can give you almost six day a week production in those four days. Uh, I absolutely love Otani the hitter this year. All right. Well, clearly I do, too, that I, I got him. And granted, late uh, in a 12-team draft. So, of course, the other half of this pairing, Corbin Burns. Uh, now it's it's a real uh, sort of Jekyll and Hyde picture for him from last season. The, the great part, the really, really tantalizing part, is that in just 49 innings, he got 70 strikeouts. Now, granted, most of that was out of the bullpen. But on the other hand, he had an 822 ERA. And you can go to those luck indicators that we you know typically look at. Strand rate below 60%. That's abominable, but that also means that he's a prime regression candidate uh, in a positive way. And a 414 BABIP that was maybe partly earned because of a high line drive rate and um, a very low average launch angle on fly balls, which, believe it or not, does relate to BABIP. Um, but... Certainly going to be much, much better than an eight ERA pitcher. My question to you is, what are your expectations in terms of performance and role? I think he has to be a starter for this team. I mean, the Brewers have been desperate for for starting pitching ever since they reopened their contention window. Uh, It's been the one thing that's held them back, and we're talking about a team that was a game away from making the World Series just a couple of years ago, but uh, it's, I think they need Burns upside in the rotation. I don't think they can afford to just have him in the bullpen. I really like Corbin Burns too, Al. Um, yeah, I know, you know, Saris is very high on him. Back when we did bold predictions, what felt like a year or two ago, he said that Burns was going to be the second most valuable starter in Milwaukee behind um, Brandon Woodruff, obviously, and I'm right there. With Eno, I just think that the stuff is is obvious, and um, I, you know, you, you look at his Statcast profile, and you see you see some ugly metrics there, but you also see some really good ones: fastball velocity, fastball spin, uh, K rate, and, and the spin on his breaking ball as well. Um, this is someone who I do think uh, can tap into that stuff a little bit more if he's given the leash from Craig Council to be a comfortable starting pitcher on this team, and if he does develop 
a third pitch. I would love to, it to be the changeup. If you can get that changeup to go with that high levels fastball and the strong slider, then he really opens up a world of possibility for his pitch arsenal. I really like him, and I am always willing to bet on stuff in a young guy. That's why Corbin Burns has already made an appearance on quite a few of my teams this year. All right, then. Uh, yeah, hard to argue with uh, all those peripherals that you cited. Uh, let's go back to the uh, trivia question from uh, Wednesday's show. Uh, this is for the out-of-the-park giveaway contest. We're giving away free keys. And uh, the last question was uh, about quality starts and pitchers who had uh, made at least 125 quality starts in the past decade, but made at least one for six different teams. I made a little bit of an error, a very, very subtle, slight error in reading that question on the show because I actually intended to say more than 125 quality starts. And it just so happens that there's one pitcher in all of baseball who had exactly 125 quality starts in the 2010s and just happened to play for six different teams and get a quality start for each one of those. So I accepted. So, yeah, so that one (laughs) pitcher, a lot of people guessed him, Doug Fister, uh, the two that I had queued up as correct answers were Zach Granke and Jay Happ. We did get a few people correctly guessing Happ. A lot of correct guesses on Zach Granke, a lot of correct guesses on Fister, even though I didn't even realize he was the answer to the question. (laughs) Uh, So out of all those that had some combination of two of those three pitchers, we did a drawing and the winner was Jordan Christensen. So congratulations to you, Jordan. He has already received his free out of the park key to play out of the park baseball 21. And so we're going to do it again. And as we have done the last couple of shows, uh, please DM your responses to me. Same deal that I'll take all the correct ones, do a drawing at noon Eastern. And, um, and then uh, I'll announce the winner winner on Twitter and on this show. So if you're ready uh, in uh, light of talking about Shoei Otani, I've got a sort of kind of sort of two, two way player question here. (laughs) Here's the question. Which position player who pitched at least one game in 2019 has the most career home runs? So we've seen the last few years, a lot of position players uh, getting pulled into emergency relief duty. Of those position players that pitched at least one game in 2019, out of that pool of players, who has the most home runs, career home runs? That's the question. Again, DM the response to me. I, I like this, and the answer surprised me a little bit. Uh, DM the responses to me on Twitter at Al Melchior BB, A-L-M-E-L-C-H-I-O-R-B-B. Looking forward to getting your responses to that one. And referred to the featured read earlier in the show. Uh, Michael, you talked about possibility of extra double headers and, um, you know, an accelerated schedule. And, and uh, so Ken Rosenthal and, J- and Jason Stark have considered all these possibilities and some I didn't even think about <laughs> in a piece called How MLB Can Get Creative, Experiment, and Make the Most of a Delayed Season. Really, really interesting stuff and stuff that we all you know are thinking about right now. And they've, uh, they've done the work. So check that piece out. And that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. We are still running the three-month free trial. But uh, also you can get 40% off a subscription by going to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15. Everything that we do is part of that subscription. And as always, if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you took the time to do that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker. We will be back with you on Friday.